As we're about to plunge into the fourth of the Bakashas, Revanyenu, see us in our affliction and redeem us. I wanted to reflect a little bit on the first three brachos, a little reflection. So let's think about what we've been asking for. We've asked for das, for wisdom. We've asked for Torah, for avoda, for mechila, slicha. And now we're going to see our affliction. Is there some coupling going on here? So I have a safer in English called She'e Nivi'i, Listen to My Prayer, Turn to My Prayer, by the Rosh Hashiva of Baltimore, Neri Sorel Shlita, Rav Aaron Feldman, quite a famous person. And he brings from the Gra, and I think he's bringing from the Gra on this also, something very, very relevant to us. And I think not only is it a great insight into the structure of Shmon Esrei, but it's something that can help a lot in Kavan and Shmon Esrei, as we will, Bezras Hashem, explain. So he brings here, listen to this, that the Gon says, of course, we have 12 Bakashas. We have 13, really, because of Lamal Shinim was added later, which we will talk about. But basically, the Binyan of Shmon Esrei is the three, the 12 and then the 3. So there were 12 Bakashas. Now, the Gon further says that the 12 Bakashas were broken down to 6 and 6. Okay, there were 6, uh, the first 6 or is, is one set, and the second 6 is another set. I'm not clear on how he explains it right now, so I'm not going to go further into that. But let's work with that, and let's take it at face value. I haven't seen the Gon that he's based on, but we'll go with that. Now, here's what I want to do, yes, focus on, and listen well to this. Each sex, sextet it, is itself divided to two groups of three. Mm. That means, right, we're just now finished the first three. We're about to do four. And that one to six is a group. But within the group of one to six, it's one, two, three, one group, group A, four, five, six, group B. Now, this is very cool. So listen to this. The first three brachos, which we've just done, atachonin ladam das, slachlan, refer to man's ruchnius. And that's where we start. The, the second half, Revanyenu, Rufeenu, bring us Rufua, Barechalenu, bless us, refers to man's Gashmias. Unbelievable. I thought it was incredibly, incredibly insightful. So that really is amazing. So what we've done, done for first, and it makes sense, right? The Ruchnias is where the Sharish of things are. That's the source of things. That's the most important part of a person, right? The Gashmias. Like Rav Eliel Opian used to say about his body, it's a flesha gebeged. It's a, it's a bisari uh, um, cloth, piece of cl- piece of clothing. It's just this just a piece of clothing. We just forget that. I forget that. But we would live differently if we didn't forget that, friends, huh? And the shama is where it's really at. That's what's going to go on forever. Any person of just a little bit of seicha realizes that something that lasts forever is worth a lot more than something that lasts for 70, 80, 90, even 100 years, 110 years, right? Bezat Hashem. But uh, that's really what goes on. And that's what we start Shemon Esri with. So that really gives a tremendous uh, insight into the structure of Shemon Esri. And now as we are exiting the first three brachas, just think about that. We've till now been discussing in three brachas, man's ruchnias. We want das, we want chachma, we want bina, we want haskel. And now we want Torah, on top of that, and avoda and tshuva, and we want slicha mechila to cleanse ourselves, like we've been talking about. Now we've established that. Let's move on. Now, besides this being the tremendous insight, I said that this could help in kavana very much. We mentioned before, and and I even have a list of eitzes that along the way, eitzes for tefillah is so important. Not just to explain shmona but we want to help myself and 
all of you to engage in Shemona Esrei. Of course, that's the goal, not just speak about Shemona Esrei in an ivory tower uh, <laughs> as a university course, Shemona Esrei 101, but we want to engage in Shemona Esrei. So along the way, we're going to be giving different Eitzahs. So he mentioned an Eitzah, which was a phenomenal Eitzah, is to stop before you see, say each bracha, take a breath, think about what you're about to engage in, think about what the bracha is, and then go ahead think about the things we're teaching in these uh, in these episodes, or any other ideas you have, thinking of very general, and that will help in a great way. Now, Alpidus Gra, we have another way of focusing. Right, maybe to focus for 12 different brachas too much. Four times in Shemona Esrei, focus, right? Or let's just talk about the Bakashot, right? Before the first set of three, before Atachonin, think to yourself, I'm about to daven for mankind's Klai Yisrael, especially, we'll talk about that later, I'm about to mine and Klai Yisrael, my family's Ruchnius. And then, as you say, Chanun Hamar B'Lesloach, take another deep breath, slow down and say, and now, Gashmis is also important, and I'm about to daven for Gashmis. And I think that could really be a tremendous Eitzah in helping the Shemon Esri. Okay, now, once we've opened up Shein Nevi, now specifically, to my little knowledge of him, I don't know him personally, unfortunately, Ravon Feldman is a Gronik, uh, he's very, very, very knowledgeable in Taras Agra, which is a whole Torah in its own. Sometimes people think they have to run to, you know, a different farm for, for depth. I don't know where that came from. Uh, something's more available, but the base measure of the Gra is, is deep beyond uh, belief. I hope everybody's getting a sense of that, as we learn from Rabbi Ram ben Agra, and there are, you know, many, many Talmidim in the Gra's own works, which, which really give a, a tremendous depth and, and, um, and spirituality to Yiddishkeit. Spirituality. Um, so he, of course, wrote a book called The Juggler and the King, which was based on the Gra. Um, so therefore, I'm not just I'm trying to collect and teach Pshatim, extra Pshatim, and I don't want these episodes to become something that just, you know, it's endless, like we've said, like we said in our very first session. But as much as he's a Gronik, and I see that he's reflective of the types of ideas that we're, um, we're dealing with, so I thought it would be good to fill in a few things that he mentions, okay? So, nothing against any other approach, God forbid, just it's good to, you know, sometimes uh, educators become non-educators when they teach too much, too many ideas, speak too long. How about that one, huh? Speak too long? <laughs> you lose education when you speak too long. Oh, another idea, let me share something else. No, just sit down, they got it, everybody liked it, you're great, sit down. Okay, Das, friends, we said, you remember, das with that initial understanding that mankind has, wakes up in the morning, other reason came into the world and had understanding. He could perceive things, he could see things. Before the Malamed Bina, before Hashem helping him and developing Bina's that development. So, so I think he explains this in a very complimentary way. I'm not sure it's exactly the same way, but I do want you to hear this because it's, uh, it's very helpful. Das, says Rafelman, refers to ideas which arise in a person's mind without his havingly, having consciously applied his reasoning powers to attain them. That very much fits with what we saw from Rabbi Ram ben Listen to this. The great discoveries of science, the laws of gravity and relativity, etc., were all ideas which were not the result of deductive reasoning. Incredible, interesting. But which rose spontaneously in the minds of scientists who formulated them. The term used for this process is serendipity. I would have thought that meant to like cheat someone or something, my amaratsis. They are gifts from Hashem, right? Einstein, relativity was a gift from Hashem. Consequently, 
referred to Das as wisdom given to us free. So that really compliments. He's not saying, just not to make confuse everybody, right? Ravam Grow is emphasizing the fact that you just wake up and you see it, and that was a Chanina. And this is very much the other side of that, that the ideas that come out from that are things that I'm not applying, you know, deductive reasoning in this case, like in a Gemara, this against that, or here's a stira, and we go back and forth, and maybe it's this, maybe that. I think it's this. It's, it's like, oh, it's an aha, an aha moment. It's just, you're struck with something. And that's really an important thing. You know, I, I myself and my Gemara Shim are very much a deductive person. Uh, so I try to teach people, etc. But there is this place, you know, some of the great, the most brilliant people are, are sharing ideas which are just, wow. Okay? And then, of course, he uses, he calls Bina deductive reasoning. The other thing I wanted to share from him was what Haskell is. I read that word. We explained well what Deavi was and what Bina was. What was the Haskell exactly? So I brought from Rabram ben Hagra that Haskell was the Lashon of Hatzlacha, but that was a little, of, of success. That was a little bit difficult. So I'm not sure exactly what his source is. This uh, Sefer, unfortunately, doesn't bring the source. It says generally it's built on the Gra and the Maral, but it doesn't give Echad uh, Echad where the sources are. But he says an interesting idea that Haskell is practical intelligence the intelligence which will enable us to carry out the ideas into reality. Interesting. So Das is like that first development. Bina is the develop, is not the first development, is the first striking of the idea. Bina is developing it. Bina, Bona, deduction, bring it out. And then how do you, how do you practically do it? That's going to be Haskell. Okay. One other thing to share just before next time we jump into Rei Vanyenu. I thought this is a very, very interesting Ha'ara. And I missed this one. I want to share it with you and, and how he explains it. And let's see if you can figure out why it is like that. So we said slachlano, jumping to the third bracha. Slachlano, avinu, right? And then we said machal. So the slicha was mentioned before the mechila. Slachlano is the name of the bracha, machalano. But now we say ki, what? Mochel misoleachata. Here, the mechila is mentioned before the slicha. So that itself is a beautiful hara. I'm sorry, I missed it. At the beginning of the bracha, we start with mechila, and then we switch to, we, we, sorry, we start with slicha, and then we switch to mechila. And in the hemshech of the bracha, we say, we say the mechila first and then the slicha first. If you're not getting this, just look in your sitter, you'll get it right away. What's the idea? So he says a klal, which is a very interesting klal, when he says that, that slicha is less than mechila. Okay? And that fits what we said. Slichas for the chait and mechilas for the pesha, ayin sham. Look there. So that fits what we said. And when you're asking, the derech is to first ask for the smaller thing, and then you go up a level and you ask for the bigger thing. But when you're giving praise, first you praise Hashem for the bigger thing, and then you praise for the smaller thing. Interesting, right? The greater case first, and therefore we say, so in the beginning of the bracha, which is the bakasha, the slicha, it's smaller, and then we move up to the mechila, and in the praise, we say mochev v'solechata. So here's, here, please share your ha'aras with me. I said this because it's a nice shot and it's a wonderful ha'ara. Why is it like that? Perhaps someone can share uh, why it's like that. Maybe by next uh, session we'll have an insight ourselves, but in the meantime, I leave that to our friends that are listening. Please share your thoughts with me. I'd love to hear them. Why is it that when it comes to the ask, we ask for the smaller thing and ask for the bigger thing, but when we praise, we praise for the bigger thing 
And then, and only then, do we praise for the smaller thing.